Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Burke, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats, if it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation. You can hear it every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And today we are joined by our old friend and my three-day colleague, Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader. Yes, uh, if you heard a mic being adjusted during the intro, that was Ben. That was Ben making his presence known. He's he's a little bit confused. He's not. He's a he's a professional writer. He doesn't know these studios super well. Um, but this edition of the show is brought to you by First Watch. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. But obviously, we wanted to have Ben on because big recruiting news, guys. Did you hear about this James Wiseman guy? He picked Memphis. This is the apocalypse. Uh, episode of our podcast ben <laughs> glad i was invited on for that ben um just uh, i'll probably just start out like this were you at all kind of surprised not necessarily in the decision today because i think most people thought wiseman was going to pick memphis today but like if you go tra- back traveling time six months or so would you have you know would this result have surprised you yeah i don't i don't think either result between kentucky or memphis ever since penny took that job would have been surprising uh when he didn't commit, you know, fairly immediately after Penny got the job, when he didn't commit to Memphis, that told me that he was still at least uh, looking at Kentucky and considering Kentucky. Um, when he stayed at Memphis East for his senior season of high school instead of going somewhere like Finley Prep or Prolific Prep, which were both uh, big rumors out there, you know, that made it tougher on Kentucky. And then when he started popping up just here in the past month that at different Memphis basketball events, in addition to his official visit, obviously. Uh, you know, usually you don't see guys do that unless they have a, a pretty good idea of where they're headed. So, you know, I, I, I think it was kind of a 50-50 recruitment through the summer, and I think the more James got back in the swing of things at school, got back in with those guys at Memphis. Um, and, you know, he's been – it's not like it's just like DJ Jeffries or anything that's down there. You know, one of his high school teammates is Malcolm Dandridge, who's already signed with Memphis. Um, he's got two are already there. Two are already there. Uh, Penny's kid, uh, Alex Lomax, um, they're freshmen at Memphis this season. Obviously, Penny's there and, and, and Miller's there and all these guys. So, I mean, you know, our friend Evan Daniels told, I think, both me and Kyle that, you know, Memphis has that dude surrounded and – they did uh I mean and you know just that city we all know how crazy they are about basketball down there and um I'm sure everywhere James went people were telling him to go to Memphis so it's not it's not at all surprising uh and I think you know that's just where he felt the most comfortable and he obviously has played quite a bit under Penny and feels comfortable with him as a coach and and Penny is a you know a former NBA star who's a point guard and knows the ins and outs of of the game on both levels. Uh, you know it's just it, it it's hard to compete with that if you're Kentucky. The the crazy thing is, you know, the conversation now more than ever is Cal can't get the top guy. It's seven straight classes they haven't gotten the number one guy. Although he may not be the number one guy long yeah. <laughs> after a reclassification today, but. Um, or a top five guy. This could end up being the fourth straight class where they haven't even gotten a top five guy. And I know you've talked to Evan. I, I, one of the things I talked to Evan about is like, is there a thing? And there isn't one thing. And this is an example of that because like, James, they were going to get the number one guy. James yeah. Wiseman was a Kentucky lock yeah. before Penny came into play. Like he loved Kentucky. 
Uh, he loved what they were about. He has a plan, and they're part of that plan. And the only thing that could rival it was what, what Memphis did by hiring an NBA star who hired two NBA guys on his staff and to stay home. But, like, Joel Justice has been recruiting this guy almost three years. He flew across the world to, to see him. Like, the mom loves Cal and loves Joel and loves Kenny, and they wanted to be coached by Kenny Payne as a big man whisperer. Uh, he was going to Kentucky. This was not really a failure on Kentucky's part. <laughs> this was a everything was perfect for them until yeah kind of thing. And there, there's a lot of cases where it's not just one thing, reasons they haven't gotten these guys. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of little things uh, right now. And, and yeah, this isn't – there's going to be a lot of narratives out there after today, and they've already started, obviously, that, that Cal has lost his touch. Um, and – he talked about today how he was overrated as a recruiter. Uh, but, he, you know, yes, all that stuff about Wiseman is true. They were going to get Wiseman. It was going to be a number one player, number two player, whatever. Um, it was going to break a couple streaks. But even if they got Wiseman, there's still some sort of disconnect there, yes. clearly. And and I don't – you know, this isn't about James Wiseman at all because of everything you said because they were going to get Wiseman. It's not about James Wiseman. To me, it's about – Vernon Carey the and other Isaiah players Stewart. that they're not going to get. Uh, yeah, absolutely, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they could get Keon Brooks. I wouldn't be surprised at that. But it looks like they're not going to get Vernon Carey or Isaiah Stewart. And I think those two recruitments specifically maybe speak to a a few different things uh, once you combine them that that you know might that, where that disconnect is there um, with Cal and Kentucky and and these top recruits right now. And we we've seen it. As you said, the past this would be four straight cycles without a top five recruit. The the fifth one, five classes ago with Scal, uh, who obviously that didn't turn out that great. And in that class, they missed on Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram and all these other top five recruits that it looked like they – maybe not so much Ingram, but certainly with Brown, looked like they should have had a, a pretty good shot with. So this goes back years and years. And, you know, James Wiseman wasn't going to, I don't think, turn things around. I, it would know, have been I, a Band-Aid on a, on a yeah. bigger problem. And, and to your point, I think you would agree some of it in the in the big man case, and, th- and this is a big concern for Kentucky. We'll maybe circle back to this. They're going to strike out on big guys. And so, like, they're going to end up in, in grad transfer recruitment and recruiting the guys on their own roster to come back. But in those with those big guys in particular, after Wiseman, it's a lot of, like, they were too slow to the party, yeah. and there's been a bunch of that. Like they nearly didn't get Keldon Johnson because they were too slow to the party, and there've been some other guys in the past they didn't get because they were too slow to the party with the big guys. And I think with other guys with some guards, it's. And I asked Cal about this to get today, and he sort of just gave a totally honestly a, a BS answer. Yeah. But is your offense modern? And it isn't. No. And so there are guys. There are other guys that don't want to play. There. It's other schools are selling. This is not an NBA offense that that they're bringing you into. Yeah, and they're recruiting against him uh, in that case. And he brought up Hamadou Diallo today, and and that's <laughs> and Isaiah not, Briscoe. Not, I don't understand the uh, invoking their names at no, all. Yeah, that's not the examples you want to bring up if you, if you're trying to counter this. And I don't, you know, I don't think he was really trying to counter it. Uh, but yeah, I mean Diallo, and they were, you know, you talked to people all through last season, and they were saying that. This just isn't a fit for Diallo. He's still an NBA prospect. Kentucky is not the right fit. Calipari's not the right fit. This offense isn't the right fit the way it's it's currently uh, configured. And then, you know, we're, what, two weeks into the NBA season and, and look He's at what Hamadou Diallo is <laughs> yeah, right. doing. Um, so, yeah, and, and you mentioned Briscoe, uh, kind, of a, kind of a similar situation. But, yeah, I mean, 
it is you know one of the one of the many things is that late to the party uh syndrome that they have right now they almost missed on Keldon Johnson last year. Um, in fact, I thought they were for a little while going to miss on him. Their dad, you know, I talked to him. He made it like clearer than any parent I've ever heard. Like, yeah. I didn't want anything to do with them. Why? Why did it take you so long? Yeah, because you know, of that, like, and yeah. that was the reason. And you know, they Tavian Hollingsworth. I, you know, I don't know how much he would have contributed last year, but the, the Tavian Hollingsworth. And then I think if they had not offered Dante Allen as early as they did in this class, he might have gone the route of. Hollingsworth and those are two guys who grew up in central Kentucky as huge UK basketball fans and wanted both told me early on the dream offer wanted a Kentucky offer more than anything and those guys Hollingsworth certainly Allen maybe weren't willing to wait until the spring to see how everything shook out with the UK offer they were going to go elsewhere and those are program builders they're good players yeah. who are staying that that you can actually count on to stay yeah. not like you know, hope they do, and they turn out to be Devin Booker. Like they're going to stay. And yeah, you can build and, on that. And if you can't, if you can't count on those guys to wait on an offer, you can't count on the Keldon Johnsons and the Isaiah Stewarts and the Jaden McDaniels's maybe, and some of these other guys to wait several months after everybody else has already offered them and already made them a priority, and in some cases already made them the number one priority before you say, oh, yeah, you're good enough to play at Kentucky. I mean, Isaiah Stewart was might be the best freshman in college basketball next season. He might be – he would probably be my number one to be the best college big man next season. Yes. Um, and, you know, he didn't really pick it up with him until the end of the summer. Meanwhile, he was stopping guys, including in the same league that Karrion Wiseman played in. I mean, he was dominating that league. Uh, and they they just didn't pull the trigger on that. So – yeah, I and and you know that's there might have been many reasons for that. I think a lot of people thought he might be a Duke lean early on, um, but now it turns out it looks like he's not a, necessarily a Duke lean. So yeah, I just think some something needs to be shaken up, and and you know that that starts at the top, and people like to blame the assistants for stuff that's going on, but the assistants are doing they have marching what, orders <laughs> what yeah. John Calipari tells yeah. them to do, and 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 that's that's where it starts. All right, uh, we got to take a quick break, but in a, coming up next, we are going to discuss what John Calipari does next. <laughs> you guys painted a bleak picture uh, for recruiting big men, but there are other targets out there. The Armageddon Podcast. Have you guys heard about First Watch? It was recently voted Lexington's best breakfast. They've got something delicious called Million Dollar Bacon, which makes my mouth water just thinking about it. Plus, you can try their lemon ricotta pancakes, elevated egg sandwich, smoked salmon benedict, and a bunch more. Last time I went there in an egg white omelet, it was delicious. It's something you can mix in if you're looking to get a little bit of a healthy start to your day. First Watch is just a breakfast and lunch spot. They're open from 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day, and they get busy. But you can use their First Watch mobile app to check to see how the wait times are and to get in line before you even get there. It's so easy. They've got, three they've got three restaurants in Lexington, which are all locally owned, and a few over in Louisville and up in Cincinnati, too. So if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that there's one close to you. So be sure to go check them out. First watch. Yeah, it's fresh. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, Ben. So the name that I guess you mentioned two names that Kentucky still is involved with at this point. They're bigger guys, but they're not classic big men, both Jaden McDaniels and Keon Brooks. 
the I, I bet Matthew Hurt and Matthew Hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like he's kind of just such a toss up at this point. I've, but you can speak on this. Are are Kentucky, are Kentucky with both of those guys? I think with Keon, it it's pretty clear. I think at this point that it it looks like it's down to Indiana and Kentucky. Um, and I would not be surprised at all if he ends up at Kentucky. Uh, he kind of ha- it's kind of a similar situation to Wiseman with the whole Memphis pool. Um, he's from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, people around there have been telling him to go to Indiana ever. I'm sure before Archie Miller got there, but now that Archie is there and, you know, he got Romeo and it's kind of reinvigorated that program and, and he's made it so clear he wants to keep those those guys in state. Uh, people are all over Keon. Actually, I was sitting on a bench at a, at a Nike event in April in Indianapolis, actually, and he was telling me this, like, wherever he goes, it's, hey, go to Indiana, go to Indiana. And one of his teammates, who had not heard any part of this conversation, walked by the bench and said, hey, go to Indiana. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it literally is everywhere he goes that he's hearing this. Now, he did transfer to La Lumere, which is in Indiana, but it's it's a prep school in northern Indiana, and they're not, you know, he's not playing in Indiana gyms uh, all throughout the season and maybe not getting as much of that pull up there. And I know he's always been a a fan of Kentucky's program and and Calipari, and and I think he could end up here. Jaden McDaniels, and I'll throw Matthew Hurd in there too because I I think both those guys are are toss-ups at this point. Um, Jaden's already visited here. Matthew will visit here sometime this winter for a game, maybe the Kansas game. Uh, And it's just, I think, trying to come up with a leader for any of those guys right now, either of those guys right now, would would be tough. you know, Jaden's from Seattle. It's always tough to pull those West Coast guys, and, and Washington seems to have a pretty good end with him, which is the hometown school. I would actually think maybe at this point they might have a better shot at Matthew Hurt because I think from talking to his dad in the past and, and being around them, they have a higher opinion, I guess, of Calipari and UK's program than than seems to hmm. – you know, pe- people seem to think at least. They, they really – I mean, they're taking a business-like approach to this, and, and they see how many guys have gotten to the NBA, uh, and that's something that, that they were looking at very early in, in his recruitment. This if, is, I'm, if I'm that family, I'm watching E.J. Montgomery all season. Yeah. You know, they, I want to I see if – and if I'm Jaden McDaniels, I want to see if Cal learned some lessons from Scal LeBissier yeah. and from some of the other big guys. I mean, Anthony Davis and Carl Town. I mean, when you talk about modern offense, like – Another thing, you have guys like Anthony Davis and Carl Towns who don't get to shoot the ball, DeMarcus Cousins. When they're at Kentucky, they go to the NBA, and they're terrific three-point shooters. I mean, it's a major part of their game. Like, Yeah, you know? I might take Cousins out of there because when he showed up for the blue-white scrimmage that year, he was he jacked like yeah. 15 of them. And I, think, yeah. I think Cal said, get it all out yeah. of your system yeah. tonight before we actually yeah. play games. But, yeah, and I mean, I think with Davis – and I think he kind of talked about this a little today that he he does play to the strengths of the team and and play to the strengths of what those players are, especially at the time. I don't know that you wanted Anthony Davis out there shooting threes as a college freshman. Carl Towns, I'd take Carl Towns. Carl Towns could have. I, I mean, mean, the guy hit like a hundred yeah, threes in high yeah, school. He, he said was... <laughs> he broke Jay Williams' three point record at, in in New Jersey or at his old school in New Jersey. So he he certainly could have. But I mean, obviously that that team worked out fine. I think Scal was clearly the one and and. And I think clearly, you know, his biggest mess up at Kentucky is is the way he he used Scal. And but again, what Marcus Lee was the five that year. I think he just thought I'm going to have to use this guy in the post. And that clearly anybody who spent much time around him (laughs) as a high schooler that that was not going to ever happen. Uh, And that kind of shot his season right off the bat. But yeah, and and I think 
EJ is in a little bit different spot because he has guys like Nick and PJ and, and Reed Travis to where you don't have to feel like you're forced to use him in the post if that's not where he's best suited for that particular game. And and uh, and I think Cal probably obviously learned some lessons from the Scal experiment too. Now you mentioned uh, in the first segment about you know James Wiseman not being the number one player in the 247 rankings at least anymore because a guy reclassified today is uh goes from 20 to 19 is he's a guard so it's he's not going to fill a, a a big man need but is is Kentucky in the mix yeah they're in the mix and I think he actually obviously I mean he's a 6'5 shooting guard um so he's yeah not a seven footer but I think he could help that situation especially if you get a guy like Keon Brooks because they have Khalil Whitney who's like 6'7 with what like a 6'11 wingspan yeah, I think he could, they play, he could be a small ball yeah four. we you, talked about this Dante Allen could maybe be a small ball four if you use them kind of in that Terrence Jones way of not really using them much in the post you you kind of bleed them out to the corner and to the wing uh Keon Brooks I, I've always thought would be actually better suited as a small ball four in college I don't know how he feels about that because he likes to play on the perimeter but you'd still get to do that especially if you're cycling him around with with Whitney and Allen and some of these other players and I, I think I mean obviously teams have had success running four guards four wings they've won national championships recently yes. doing yes. that and, and and you can sell people that's that's Golden State that is yeah. the modern that, NBA that, and that is like you know Cal can say he, he's sold positionless for a couple, three years now four years now but he hasn't been. He's just had a bunch of one yeah. position. He's just recruited a bunch of power forwards or, or small forwards that aren't shooters or hasn't let them shoot. I, I think you have a guy like Brooks and you have a guy like Whitney who are actually shooters who you, you use them in that small ball four role. It lets them show some things that like, okay, this is what I can be at, yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, and you still get – if you have a smaller matchup, you can still bleed them down there on, on the block and, and have them do stuff down there. And Anthony Edwards is a 45% three-point shooter. On the Under Armour circuit, he's who is uh, the guard we're talking. The guard, about. Where, yeah, yeah. It, I don't know if we ever yeah. really mentioned him, the, but yeah, he's he's the new number one in the twenty four seven sports rankings. I think rivals put him at number three. Kentucky's looks like is in his top five right now. Um, that could fluctuate, obviously. Now that people know for sure, he's going to be in in nineteen. I think Florida State. What I gather yeah. is the kind of the early, maybe almost runaway leader. I'm not sure Kentucky. I would say is a favorite, but will probably go all in on yeah, this guy. Yeah, Brian Snow of two four seven. I think in the thing he wrote made a James Harden comparison. Yeah, which. And, and and also wrote like there was no debate when he decided to reclassify yeah. that that he is now the new number one. So oh, and that's over Cole Anthony. That's over James Wiseman, Vernon Carey. That's pretty heady stuff. And that could be if Kentucky somehow pulled that or whoever gets him. I mean that that is the modern guy, yeah. the six five point guard who can take it in the paint and shoot it from outside and initiate and you know create. And uh, I mean James Harden is like. The modern NBA. Yeah, you know. yeah. And Edwards is also, he, I think he was measured at, or weighed at 215 pounds last time. That, I mean, he's a he's a strong kid. And obviously, you you never know exactly how that's going to translate to the NBA. It depends on the player. But 6'5", 215, with, he's not a point guard, but he's got point guard. Like, he can handle the ball. He can get in space. He can make good decisions. That type of body and skill and versatility is going to overpower most uh, college basketball defenses. And if you could pair that with a Whitney, a Brooks, Maxie. a Tyler Hero, a Tyrese Maxey, and Emmanuel quickly if he comes back, I mean, you're talking a pool of seven or eight guard wings that you could just go in and out and just run at people. And then you only need 
Richards or Montgomery to come back, or or you try to find a one grad a, a transfer, one grad transfer um, in in the mold of a Reed Travis. But yeah, so I, but again, that as you said, Florida State right now looks like a clear leader. Kentucky's got ground to make up there. Um, they've got they've got stuff to do to get a Matthew Hurd or a Jaden McDaniel's there. They they need several pieces to fall into place to to get to where they want to be still next year. The one thing as we talk about this though that's like different the 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 biggest difference between other than brain injury between college football and basketball is you can't remake your football team like people that want uh, a new offense for Kentucky football. Yeah, that's you got to recruit to that and you got to work on that for months if not years, like. In basketball, you can rec- you can reinvent your team in one cycle. And if Cal wants to say I, like, Shashevsky gets all this love for how, how much he's been adaptable, you know, and the game had maybe passed him by for yeah. a little while, it's not like it's over no. because Cal like the game has passed you by. It's like you're on you're on the highway, cars pass you by, speed up. Yeah, like like they they could remake themselves into something completely different a year from now. And, and, and you know, I would say, I guess, to people, to the, I joke that this is Armageddon, the Doomsday people. It's still possible that they just completely reinvent themselves, and Cal goes, "All right, I want to, I want to get with it." Yeah, and and it with the team he has now, I think that would work, especially because some of these guys are going to the NBA. Whatever UK fans think, some of these guys are going to the NBA. Reed, I mean, Reed Travis obviously gone. PJ Washington's gone. I would imagine EJ Montgomery is probably gone. Uh, but if you get four or five of those guys back like a hero, a quickly, um, you know, maybe a Nick Richards, a Quade, if you can get some of these guys back, yeah, and pair them up with, with different guys. I mean, that's what worked. Kentucky obviously was not very good the second year of Billy Gillespie. And Cal brought in really good recruits, but he also had Patrick Patterson and <laughs> and DeAndre Liggins and Darius Miller and some of these other good players who could fill in some of those holes and in Patterson's case more than fill in a hole right off the bat and change the entire dynamic of the team by adding you know really three main guys to that and then Daniel Orton uh, to a certain extent and I guess Dotson to a to a smaller extent uh, but yeah I mean college basketball and the way especially Calipari recruits and if he can bring some guys back you can always you can always change what your team looks like and and how they're going to play. I think he, I I also feel like maybe he doesn't want to do it this year, but like he's going to be forced to do to change in some way unless there's a big pile of big men out there that we just don't know about. Like uh, right now, they could end up with one or none, you know, traditional big men yeah. on next year's team unless they get a graduate transfer or there's. Some, you know, is there a 2020 big man that's going to reclassify? I mean, I assume they'll start pushing somebody, maybe uh, Indale Infante, or is that how you say yeah, his name? Yeah, Dante is, is actually, yeah, one that, that people have already talked about as a guy who might be looking at 2019. And, you know, people are going to bring up after they miss on Kerry and Stewart, assuming they do, people are going to bring up guys like Kofi Cockburn and some of these others that are a little further down the list. It doesn't, it's not just a matter of getting like a body. I mean, they need if an you're impact Kentucky, guy. you need an impact guy. You need a guy who's going to come yeah. in right off the bat and do something. And like even a Nick Richards obviously wasn't that guy last season. You you can't just take a five star recruit or a McDonald's All American and make it happen. It has, it has to be the right five star recruit, the right McDonald's All American to put and, that kind of weight on. And that's why you can't just forgive like well 
what you, well, you're going to complain because they get five, they still get five five star guys. They're not all the same. Yeah. If if you're going to rely heavily on freshmen, you have to get some of the best ones. Yeah. Not the really good, the best ones because we saw in the Duke game like three of the top five guys went to one place. They all all were guys Kentucky wanted. Kentucky still got a great recruiting class, the second yeah. best recruiting class. They still got five top fifty players, and they got destroyed yeah because if you're going to rely on freshmen heavily it's better to have the very best ones and especially yeah. if if everybody if if you don't get the very best ones and they leave after two years which is what's happening right. with literally everybody now with kentucky you you're ranked 20 you come in you play two years you leave the model doesn't work unless you get some top five guys to go with that or you get those guys who are ranked three number 20 years, 25 yeah. to stay for three and four years like is quad a is quad a gonna be like have a solid year and go, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go to the G League. Yeah. I think Richards. that's a real, you know, those are real concerns again. And like, how do they, how do they get to the, is it just that they created this culture here where it's unacceptable to be anything more than a two-year player? Like no one wants to be Alex Poitras. Uh, I mean, I think so. Yeah. And it's weird because if I was, you know, they sell all these guys. If I were going to sell anybody right now, it'd be Willie Cauley-Stein. He would be my poster boy. Yeah. Like for, for, recruiting your own roster because like Willie was was good and he only came probably only came back because of the injury but he became the national defensive player of the year as yeah. a junior he looked like he couldn't tie his shoes when Nerlens Noel got hurt and they turned to yeah. him they got run out of the you know Knoxville when they tried to turn to him as a freshman he was a completely different person by year three and I, I think if you're going to sell that you have to sell it when they're juniors in high school because as recent as it seems like Willie was here, that was seven recruiting cycles ago yeah. when they recruited him. And th this program is to the point now, and their pitch is to the point. And, and you know, it's it's kind of on them is that they're selling it as we will get you to the NBA. We will prepare you for the NBA. And, I mean, eight, you're an 18-year-old kid. You're sitting around for two years, and somebody's willing to give you money to go play pro, whether it's the NBA or not. You're, you're going to do it. And especially now that people are seeing – uh, what Hamadou happened Diallo. with Hamadou Diallo Cal and what happened with Isaiah Anoth Briscoe. Another reason Cal shouldn't have even mentioned yeah. those guys. Uh, so like, uh, that only reinforces that, like, okay, if I'm not ready, is it my fault that I'm not ready or are they just not using me right? And usually it's probably going to be your fault that you're not ready in right. most cases, but a 20-year-old kid doesn't think it's his fault he's And especially all the people who want to get rich off that 20-year-old kid yeah. in his circle are in his ear saying, Cal Perry talks about all exactly. the time, the noise, like, they're not using you right. Like yeah. if they let you shoot it twenty times a game, you would be better. And that that you can't help but hear that noise when you're young. Yep. Coming up next, we are gonna ask Ben if UK fans should be worried about Khalil Whitney since he didn't sign during the early signing period to this point. Armageddon podcast. Now it's time again to talk about Sling TV. Listen, the holidays are here. Thanksgiving this week. And if you're traveling around and you're at your Aunt Betty and she doesn't have any good cable channels for the sports that you want to watch, you can watch on Sling TV. If you're sick of paying for 20 channels you never use, Sling TV is for you. It's the best way to watch college football, college basketball, all sports. 30 bucks a month gives you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. You can stream on your big screen, and if you're on the go this holiday season, you can also use all your favorite devices. they got a great Sling TV app. For your phone. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden feeds. You can upgrade and downgrade your package at any time, and you can also cancel whenever you feel like it. 
Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. It's a free trial. Great time to try it right now. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Cleo Whitney, does he have plans to sign? He hasn't signed yet. I mean, what's the story there? Um, We're sitting here at, what, Tuesday at 4 p.m. I was just checking my text messages and looking for voicemails because I was actually looking into that earlier today to see if if he might have some plans to do that. Um, you know, he's his, I guess his family has said last week that they didn't plan on signing necessarily in the early period. Uh, that's happened before where people have said that and ultimately ended up signing in the early period, whether it be scholarship papers or a, a letter of intent or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, there's still a day left of that on Wednesday. Uh, you can actually do it after Wednesday and, and fax it in. So, I, you know, I don't think we'll really know whether he's signed or not unless UK just says, hey, we're not expecting any more signatures or we're done. You know, we're definitely not getting any more signatures. We probably won't know until the weekend or, or maybe Monday for sure. Uh, you know, I I don't think there's any reason for concern um, because he's firmly committed to Kentucky. Uh, he's all in with Kentucky. The only way he's not coming to Kentucky is if something happened where, you know, Calipari, you know, weren't here or in in any any situation where he's not coming to Kentucky, Kentucky's going to let him out of a binding national letter of intent anyway. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason uh, for concern right now. I mean, if he starts popping up, taking official visits to Illinois or somewhere, then yeah, maybe, but I I don't see that happening at all. I I 100% expect him to be at Kentucky next season. All right, last thing. Orlando Antigua is going to steal him. Your mic's off because you're eating chicken nuggets, Kyle. <laughs> chicken nuggets. I said Orlando Antigua is going to steal him for Illinois. Um, That's the guy everybody wants Cal to bring back now in the recruiting panel. Yeah, we're not going to get into the <laughs> the hot seat talk for assistant basketball coaches on this podcast right now. But I did want to this last one because we are about to go over on time because. Kyle likes to talk, and this has been a good topic. And But my question to you guys is this. Pro or anti-unicorn Memphis as announcing your decision? Was that a good way to go? Is that a I, good prop? I think the unicorn thing is awful. Ooh. I mean, like, I, I, because he's in a group of yeah. recruits who all call themselves unicorns. That's not how unicorns work. The idea of being a unicorn Hold is on. that you're special and unique. Not that there's a herd of you. Nobody's ever seen a herd of unicorns. Have you ever seen one unicorn? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> delve any deeper on that. Yeah, I. You know, I. However, he wants to do it. That's fine. I. There are. There do seem to be a lot of unicorns in the 2019 class and and beyond, though. By the way, we'll end on this. It's not a herd of unicorns. A group of unicorns is called a blessing. <laughs> Yes, it is. And I th- and just in speaking of blessings, we hope you all have a blessed Thanksgiving. And thank you so much for listening yes. to Locked On Kentucky this holiday season. Ben, let everybody know where people can read your work. Uh, Kentucky.com, Next Catch Recruiting Blog, Twitter at Ben Roberts HL. No Instagram or Snapchat or I try not to get on the Facebook either. Well, we are thankful for your time, Ben, on this Thanksgiving. Is it, are, we, are we publishing this? No, on? this is going live as soon as I can get it uploaded. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll be back to talk about something else on Thanksgiving. Yeah, so stay tuned for that.
Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. Follow at Locked On UK on Twitter. Find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. You can follow Kyle. You know where his Twitter handle is. He doesn't need to say it again. And you know my Twitter handle. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea. Hello. 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 Check, 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 check. Hello. Kyle, talk hello. for a sec. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Yo. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's go. Hello. <clears throat>